episode 497 of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that's inviting you all over to our belated Super Bowl party. In this episode, we talk about Lego's Rivendell set, educational television, and The Majestic. I'm Andrew Sale. I'm Lauren Rubin. I'm Will Turin. So look both ways before double dipping, because it's time for another episode. Is Philadelphia under a state of an emergency? things off by going around the table, which is where we talk about things that are new, fun, and noteworthy about our week. Uh, the first noteworthy thing is that uh, you are not hearing the South Georgia-bred, tall Sasquatch of a man's voice. You are hearing the sultry tunes of none other than Mr. Will Trarerin. Everyone, welcome real to the show. Woo! I like that you're not using your soundboard for the clapping. Because <laughs> Patrick's not here. What's the point? <laughs> There's no one to annoy with. <laughs> I'm stoked, stoked I'm to like be here. the most encouraging of the soundboard. I genuinely love it. <laughs> I, mean, you know, I think it's fantastic. Uh, the crowd is going wild that Will is here and uh we are super happy that you're here too thanks for stepping Mm -hmm. in filling those size 15 shoes and uh let's see let's see if you can bring it tonight i I have a feeling you'll do just fine we'll try i actually i prepared and everything we're going to see how this i love it since we kick things (laughs) off going around the table and you are our guest we're going to let you kick things off for us mr will sure so i did a couple things this week that i think were noteworthy um, I went to the movies to see a movie called Women Talking. Oh, I want to see this so bad. It's really yeah. great. Um, the The color editing on it, the color correction really threw me off, like the entire movie. But mm. as far as like story and dialogue, it was really wonderful. Uh, but because I live in Nebraska, there was like no theater playing it, except I found a Alamo Draft House about an hour away. Oh which I have never gone to one before. Oh, really? Oh, wow. No, and was not prepared to be interrupted four times during the movie. <laughs> uh, but oh, it was cool. Because, because I of, guess, like, you were food ordering stuff. food? Or? No, I wasn't, but the people around me were. My Alamo Draft House has uh, the entryway themed for Star Wars. Oh, I can't wait to so see So when this. you walk in, there's a giant uh, Death Star hanging from the ceiling. Uh, it looks like you're inside the Death Star. And then they have uh, the emperor's chair so you can take pictures and stuff. Oh, that's cool. So even just like entering was an experience that uh, I really appreciated. But if you can see women talking, I mean, I just think it was like a really important story. It had some really interesting things for me contextually about religion and some commentaries around that that I really appreciated. You should say like a brief synopsis of what. Yeah, it's just about like a religious church, some sort of Christianity, assuming that is having an issue with men physically attacking women, and then those men are welcomed back, and the women aren't having mm. it, mm-hmm. which I think is really great. And where I would expect the story to be like these women leave religion, it's more on how do we help reform our religion to be more like what the Bible represents rather than what these men are making it. It's about not just deconstruction, but a reconstruction of like their community and their faith, which was just really refreshing. Uh, it stars Mara Rooney and a whole bunch of other people who I don't know by name, but are pretty famous. It was just like... Francis McDormand's in it, I know. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah, just a really, yeah. a really great cast. And like the acting was really good. The only complaint I left with, and I was talking to my friend, it was just the color editing just seemed really terrible throughout the entire film. Hmm. At certain points, like some scenes, and like I couldn't tell what time of day it was because the color was like oh. so washed out. You just knew when it was night because it got really, really dark. (laughs) (laughs) 
I've been wanting to see this, but like it's it's one of those movies that is nominated for Best Picture, but there's like one showing at 9 p.m. Right. Like, I mean, <laughs> I had to drive over an hour to go see it because my one friend just mm-hmm. was like, I don't know if you're going to like it because it, it's about women, but like I think it's important. You should see it. And I was like, cool. And I saw it. And yeah, I think everyone should if you can. If not, I'm sure it'll come on streaming eventually. But yeah, women talking. Super cool. Yeah. I don't think it's getting talked about enough, at least not in the groups I'm in. The other thing I've been doing is I put in a full-time job worth of time playing Hogwarts Legacy over the weekend. Oh, oh how wow. was it? I, I think I'm up to 25 hours now since Friday. Wow. So it's a part-time job for you. <laughs> but it's yeah, eight literally. hours a day, so we're doing that full-time gig. <laughs> You're doing a full-time job at podcasting salary. Yeah, I was supposed <laughs> to. Uh, I was supposed to have a meeting on Friday that got canceled. And then I was supposed to do a film for my Did church it get on Saturday. Canceled or were you sick? No, I think it was just a <laughs> divine intervention. Just God's being like, hey, here's a little opening. Here's another opening. Wow. I know the game is super controversial online, which I think is 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 sad because um, it's well, a really it's not actually game. the game itself. It's that J.K. Rowling is. But very there controversial. are um, entire groups trolling people streaming the game on Twitch. There are people yes. being attacked. People calling people who are playing it transphobes. Really? Because of J.K. Rowling? Well, okay, it goes a little further because J.K. Rowling literally put out a tweet that's like, if you buy this game, I'm using the money to, like, fund anti-trans charities. Like, And it's it's weird because there's um, transvestite, I think I'm using that term right, in the game. There's the most racial diversity I've seen in any game, almost to a point where it's, like, a little on the nose because they everyone is from a different country and they, like, say where they're from. It's... But, like, they're really trying. Like, I think because they knew what baggage was going to come with the game, they, like, went on the full other swing. But the game is amazing. If you're a big fan of Harry Potter, uh, can we spoil Harry Potter? Has it been long yes, enough? Yes, yes, yes. Cool. And we've had, uh, like, we an did, entire podcast about it. Like, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. You're right. You're totally I think right. that that's absolutely fair to spoil Harry Potter. So, so I'm <laughs> loving the game. Uh, really, it's like, if anyone likes Harry Potter, highly recommend I was telling my brother, I wish the story of the game was that your character somehow got pushed back in time. Because as you're walking around Hogwarts, I have all the memories of Hogwarts from the movies. But my character is there for the first time. So uh, while I was exploring the the castle, I ended up being in that kind of um, astronomy tower, whatever Dumbledore mm-hmm. gets killed. And like as I walked in, I had like an emotional reaction being like... <gasps> Like, I know where I am. Yeah. And I, I was talking to my brother. I was like, hey, did you find, like, where Dumbledore Greg kills you? It, like, hurt to, like, walk through there. Because it's, like, all of a sudden you're like, whoa. But, like, your character has no frame of reference to that. Yeah. One of the professors is a great-great-great-grandmother of the Weasleys. And I'm like, so oh, that's wonderful. So it takes place, like, how many years I think the 1800s. The movies? Oh, so it's before. Oh, it's yes. pre. Sorry, I yeah. didn't understand that. I believe actually. it's yeah. It, it, I believe it's 1800s. I've kind of not sure paid before. any attention to this game because I knew I wasn't going to play it personally. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> so this is the Phantom Menace of the Harry Potter world. Yes. Okay. Cool. I think right. it's kind of it's not its own thing. It's like a very weird kind of thing that's happening around. This I can't game, imagine honestly. it is canon at all. It's just like its own entity. But it's really fun. So if you're into that, into Harry Potter, what what system are you playing it on? My PC. If you want to see that PC, uh, head over to youtube.com <laughs> Do we have slash video of one podcast and you can watch Will uh, painstakingly build that PC with Patrick. <laughs> yeah, that was like a 12-hour escapade that went long past the stream, but it's working now. I'm streaming hey. from it right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess the last thing I've been doing, um, I got really like in a creative rut over the holidays. 
-hmm. So I really wanted to make something and I really enjoy making zines. But the idea of making another thing alone was like bumming me out even more. Yeah. So I've got like 12 to 14 of the graduates from RIT where I went to go to grad school. And we're all like kind of collaborating and making a zine together. So it's just been a really fun, low stakes project. If you're an art person who just needs to make something, reach out to your friends. It makes it like way more fun, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's your public service announcement from... Yeah. Are you going to sell them or anything? We're definitely going to make them. We'll probably sell them and figure that out. But I bought a saddle stapler. Wow. Oh, nice. But not... So they have one where it like cuts the metal and makes the staples. I didn't get one of those. This one, it's like a big metal base that kind of pitches up so you can put your zine kind of face down without like having to yeah. like flatten it. Mm-hmm. And then kind of curves back around with a stapler that like hits the top. That's very cool. So instead of... Uh, hand sewing all of these. I'm going to just staple them real quick and kind of make it more of a DIY. That sounds much nicer. What's the max size you can do on it? It's made for eight and a half by 11. But because, so I say that, but- Eight and a half by 11 full sheet or an 11 by 17 folded to an eight and a half? So I think you could do 11 by 17 because the way it works, it like bends around. So you would just have to like bend your paper in. Oh, okay. And then you would slide it where you want to staple. So it's like infinite that way, but the pit, you'd have to like curve the page if you went inside. Okay. I think it would work. But yeah, that's, that's super uh, cool. That's been my week. Okay, well, who are you tossing it that's to? Good week. Let's toss it to Lauren. All right. Um, so this week there was the Super Bowl, you know, that, that little thing that everybody happens every year. I did not watch a second of it. I didn't Disney. see it. You will, a single really? commercial. I didn't watch a minute of the halftime show or a second of gameplay. I saw some uh, pictures of the halftime show. I mean, Will, I'm not necessarily surprised that you did not watch it after you just said you don't have a TV and you don't like to watch TV. But like, Andrew, I, do you usually skip the Super Bowl? No, I usually watch the Super Bowl. Becca was in town. I'll talk about mm-hmm. that on mine. I was just I was just letting you know ahead of time. I have no frame of reference for anything you're about to say. So no spoilers. Is that yeah, no spoilers. <laughs> I, I, uh, I T-vote it. So, uh. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not much of a sports person. And the, this year especially, I've paid zero attention to football. So I was more in it for the commercials, which were fun this year. Um, and my favorite commercials are really just the movie trailers. So that's what I was like waiting for the whole time. There were maybe like less this year than I expected. But like a lot of the movies and things that are coming out like really soon probably don't need like extra promotion like Mandalorian and Ant-Man are coming out in the next like couple weeks so like I think we're already inundated with advertising anyway. Ant-Man comes out this week. Well I'm saying within the next two weeks both of those yeah, things I'm, happen. I'm, I'm just reiterating I'm very excited about that. I actually really did somehow expect a Mando trailer to come in but that's fine. We did get a Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. They didn't show the full trailer during the Super Bowl. They did an interesting thing where they're like go check online we have a new trailer and just sort of like a highlight short version so that they wouldn't have to pay for the whole advertising time of the trailer which was clever you know (laughs) but I watched it afterwards does look great if you guys haven't watched it yet then I'll let you watch it and form your own opinions Uh, obviously you know I'm excited that there's a new Guardians movie coming Uh, looks great I did see that trailer I did see the thing that is being talked about in chat right now with the Mario Brothers with that yes their, their website yes that was really cute and it actually works like I went to the website and you can actually call the phone number that's it's like a website with testimonials like a, a like <laughs> plumbing plumbing testimonials and all these things and mm-hmm. they have their ad on there and then there's a, a phone number to call to schedule your appointment and Luigi answers as Charlie <laughs> Day as Luigi answers and um, he gives you a number to text yeah and when you text it it does something like, um, we didn't we didn't do the text part yet but it's like a full featured like Web page for their so plumbing cool. website for the the Mario brother or the Super Mario Brothers plumbing company. Were there any uh, crypto ads this year? 
No, actually, which was wonderful. Because <laughs> <laughs> last year that was a big thing, right? They're I all know, NFT yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually don't think there were any, but I, I won't say I paid attention to every single commercial and didn't miss any. This year felt weird, too, because before the Super Bowl last year and after, I saw lots of advertisements, like Super Bowl advertisements. Was it just like a boring year this year that no one's talking about it? Or do we just have bigger things to worry about? This right here. This is what's being said. Crypto yeah. ads got banned this year. Oh, I didn't know that. That's crazy. really interesting. But I kind of love it. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, other than the Guardians trailer, the Mario Brothers plumbing trailer, uh, which was really cool, the Flash movie got a trailer, which it looks like a good trailer other than Ezra Miller being in it still. I, I, could, I couldn't bring myself to watch it. The second I saw the screen grab of him in it, I'm like... I can't believe they continued down this thread. That seems yeah. crazy to me. We've been talking about this in our Slack quite a bit today. And it's like, I really just like felt gross watching something with him in it. And I don't really know if I'll be able to like sit through this movie, even though everyone says it's just amazing. Like, I don't really want to support him being the Flash. And like, if this yeah. movie's super successful, then they're going to keep him as the Flash. And like, yeah, I just want to, like, the only way I can convince Warner Brothers is like, I'm not going to see this movie. Then, yeah, I just don't really like that. If you vote with him. your dollars, this is this is one of those ones where you're like, are you gonna are you gonna vote by standing up for something? Especially Patrick, I think made, and I hate to say this, Patrick <laughs> made a really good point in that the Flash, as as the character of the Flash, has very little of his actual face showing. It's just the bottom <laughs> part and his eyes. Like if we could take off if we could take off Henry Cavill's mustache for the whole, you know, movie <laughs> for good, bad, or indifferent, whatever, then we certainly could could make some adjustments to that. But um I understand some of the like legal and like money issues that require them to like release this movie or whatever, but they've like kind of put their foot down that they are gonna keep Ezra Miller, like no matter what happens with this movie. So it's kind of like why are you keeping him? Like, you could easily replace him after this movie. You're replacing the whole rest of the group. Like, you're kind of pointing out that you don't need the same actor to play the same superhero all the time by, like, having multiple Batmans and stuff. So, like, why is it so important to keep Ezra Miller? It's also super yeah. weird for them to, like, have canceled everything else and chosen, like, this no matter that's, what. That's, like, that's what the weirdest happened? part. It's not like they're good. It's not like they've let everything go. They haven't. They're letting this go. And it's so strange to me. That this is where they're saying, yeah, we're, we're we're really putting all our eggs in his basket. Like, is he so, like, what what do they see that we're not seeing? Clearly something, right? Yeah, if like, we haven't seen this credit. movie. Like, so maybe that's just the missing piece. Maybe but he I gets can't an Oscar it. for this movie. <laughs> it was also really weird. Gunn tweeted, like, back to back a Marvel trailer and then mm -hmm. a DC trailer. Which is super weird. It's almost like uh, Gunn has monopoly on comic book movies. Yeah, no one's been paying attention, but now all of a sudden he's kind of snuck in and he's the he's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. They also had uh, a new trailer for the next Indiana Jones movie that's coming out. I, I personally like this trailer a little better than the, the previous one. So, like, just more good stuff. This looks like a cool movie. The previous one, was it a full trailer or was it just like a teaser? Is that the one where he was in the room and everyone pulls the gun on him? Oh, I think I do remember. Yeah, because it shows a little bit of, of the time. Like there's some there's some de-aging they do on him. And I, I think I remember seeing that. It wasn't like a long trailer, but this this feels like more of like the full trailer. It's still like a while for this movie to come out. So like this felt like a big surprise. And like yeah. I was I saw way more in this trailer than I knew about this movie. So it definitely like was like getting me excited to go back. I'm like, oh, look, there's that guy. You know, like it was it, we were all pumped Disney up was looking it. for a win after the note about all the job loss stuff. So like we got to we got to get this indie trailer out. People are going to love this. They got to we got to get yeah. them something else to talk about. Something nice. Yeah. Quick, yeah. quick, quick. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's put Harrison Ford in front of him. Go, 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 go. More hopeful than Crystal Skull? That's hard to say. I wasn't like super excited about Crystal Skull, but it's hard to remember your feelings like sure. that long ago before the movie came out. Sure. But it looks to me a little better. But also knowing Phoebe Waller-Bridge is involved always like gives me extra bonus points on your like, is this exciting scale? So like, that's a great plus. <laughs> Other than that, like football game was great. Uh, halftime show was Rihanna. I thought the show was fine. I don't really think it was the best show ever. I don't think it was the worst either. There were no special guests, which was like kind of the biggest surprise in my opinion. The stage was cool. Like the way that they did the like rising platforms and everything like that definitely looked cool. But I cannot get it out of my head now that I've seen this like meme going around. They're like, oh, Rihanna on the Super Smash Brothers stage. The final destination. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's. I mean, but it did look really cool. I'm not going to lie. So like even if it does look like a Super Smash brothers arena but uh it was a great show congratulations rihanna on being pregnant again and everything like she's just gonna keep being awesome i guess so good for her did you know they, <laughs> all the musical acts do it pro bono i did not know that until this year and i was like i don't exposure baby oh, yeah <laughs> what exposure though <laughs> i guess you have to be like a certain level of like like star musician though to like even be offered so maybe you're like those are the people who don't need to be paid really well, but like i live I'm honestly not in the in, but the, the the Super Bowl always seems to have like people who were really popular five years ago or yeah, that's like Rihanna true. doesn't like, seem to yeah. be like the most hip thing right now. So that makes sense. though. if it's like pro bono, it's people who are trying to like revitalize. Yeah. Cause if it would have been like the hippest, it would have been like Lizzo or Harry Styles. Like honestly. Right. Yeah. But alas, has Lizzo ever done one? Not yet, but I'm sure she will eventually. And she it will, will be amazing. Let's start the five year <laughs> clock now. Yes. <laughs> All right, come, come back five years from now and, uh, and we'll be talking about that amazing Lizzo performance. And we'll be saying, remember Lizzo? <laughs> no Lizzo lives on forever and ever um but yeah so Super Bowl was a lot of fun I always enjoy it um other than that I checked out the movie White Noise on Netflix which is uh, a movie version of the like train crash that happened in Ohio which I found out about as I was watching that movie and was like is my phone telling me this because this is real or because I'm watching this movie or like, what are we talking about? So this movie, yeah, it's a movie on Netflix and it's, it's like a very surrealist sort of comedy, I guess is like what you would call it. And it's like about a town where like a train crash happens and this big black cloud like takes over and they have to like evacuate the town. And um, like, there's kind of like all these other things going on between like the family and it's uh, Adam driver and Greta Gerwig, which was kind of like what, got my antenna up about this movie and it's super interesting but it's just bizarre because like I literally found out about like this actual real life train crash that's happening that's like I just can't believe that 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 weird coincidence happened but uh I don't know if I would recommend White Noise it's a really weird movie like I will I bet you would like it but I would never recommend it to Andrew like <laughs> I re-watched it today after okay. seeing all the Ohio news I was like yeah I, I, just, I just watched a movie about this so I rewatched it today and I, I can't agree with you more. I love it. Like, I think yeah. it's so good. It was so, I thought it was really funny, but it's very weird movie. I like, would never really recommend it to weird. any of my friends. Like, <laughs> I think it's a wonderful thing, but. I picked it and like Trevor and I were watching it together and I'm like, I don't know if I should apologize for picking such a weird movie, but like, you're not hating it. So that we're in a good spot. <laughs> I was sold. There's a scene where they're talking in a grocery store, like walking down an aisle and he's kind of leaning on the cart. I was like, I am in this whole movie. <laughs> There's some really, really funny parts of it, but it's just such a bizarre coincidence that like this movie came out and then this real thing happened that is so similar. And so sad. 
Yeah, I hope all those people are okay because it's... I woke up today with like a weird level of anxiety because like we have all the balloons. We have uh, that my school is like COVID spreading again. I was just like, what is happening to the world? No, (laughs) Your school COVID spreading again? Is that what you said? Yeah. Great, great, great. Get your boosters, baby. (laughs) Yeah. But then I've just got one more thing to share. Um, This is like not necessarily related to anything, but I got this really, really, really cool pin that I want to show everybody. It's by the artist Garden Souls, and it it came in this nice velvet bag, and it has the little ribbon that has the like one ring poem on it. It's It's backwards. Otherwise, I'd be able to read it. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. Um, And then it comes with the pin. This is a really big one. I don't usually get big pins, but I couldn't resist this one. And then it spins around and shows like all these different locations for Middle Earth. And it's really good. But wait, does it keep going back? (laughs) Remember when you used to have that intact pin? (laughs) Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, And then it has like the fellowship here, like engraved. It looks like it kept swinging back. Like as you would turn it, it looked like it would kept swinging back to like a... It is, uh, but I think it's because of the angle that I'm holding it so that it's not reflecting. You would pin it at the one No, you, you can't want. necessarily pin it like that. Yeah, but you can like turn it upwards to whichever picture you would yeah. want. Like it's got the Shire and Bree and Rivendell. Yeah, how many pins on the back? Yeah, so it's got three on the back and then it also has the like one ring script around the edge and then this is really cool, you guys. So you can take off the backers and then it's actually... Two separate pins. The fact that they have like the map in this like sunken down part and then like the little fellowship silhouettes and everything like this is truly made by someone who loves Lord of the Rings as much as me. So it's really, really excellent. You found one of the other four people. (laughs) Yes. So I love Lord of the Rings, but like where do you put that? Um, I'm just going to put it on my pin board because like, honestly, like I don't really enjoy wearing pins that are this big, but they eight pins off to put that on. (laughs) I would only wear this alone. Honestly, that is an eighth of Lauren's body weight. So if she were to wear it, she'd lean forward. It is really heavy. I see her sweating. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So hot. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, garden souls is the guys who did this pin. It's absolutely incredible. If you like Lord of the Rings and it's like kind of all the places that they go in the fellowship, it goes up to the Amonrath and everything. So super, super, cool and it like i said comes in this nice velvet bag and everything so it's my little collection was it pin. all enamel or was there screen printing involved there's a little screen printing involved there's also a lot of cool like 3d like some of the windows in like the the brie scene are like sunken in in mm. the doorway so it's like three-dimensional a little bit as well as the screen printing on top so they really i don't even know how you pin. would talk to a producer like a manufacturer and explain what you want them to do no i get that 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 seems that actually seems pretty Easy compared to some of the stuff that I that the, the different depths and screen printing. Yeah, I think you can get. Yeah. I think that's not bad compared to some of the other ones, right? That use like the translucent or the transparent or the. See that that to me is easier because it's just a different material. I mean, it would definitely take some back and forth between your manufacturer, but it, that's great though. Yeah, what super a cool, cool. pin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can I ask how much they they're charging for that? Is that rude? One hundred twenty eight dollars. <laughs> Not cheap at all. No, it was it was like fifty six dollars, I think, with shipping. But it's like I don't buy pins that are this big or like this many colors and stuff usually anyway, because like I kind of like the challenge of making pins smaller. But this was such a good one that I'm like. I don't care. I want that one. I have to have it. This pin, which is uh, multi-layered, um, and it's a big pin, it was $55. So that, that yeah. sounds about on par. It looks like four or five pin sizes. And if you price that out at like $10 or $12 a pin, you're like right on the yeah. target. 
as someone who has made pins, I know why this pin costs $50. And I honestly think that's almost cheap for how elaborate it is. Yeah. And I was totally willing to pay for it. Like the most I've ever paid for any pin was 75. And it was just because it was like a collector's one that I really wanted. And I missed the like original window to get it. That's very yeah. cool. But that's going to be it for me. Andrew, it's your turn. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> so this week was filled with a lot of stuff. This was probably the busiest week I've had in a long time. I um, had, I, I already have two jobs. And I decided to take on a third job Ooh. for this week, in addition to the fact that Becca was coming into town and all, all this other stuff. So I'm going to talk at length later about the Majestic Theater, but the precursor to that is that I've been at the Majestic Theater for most of the week. I helped run another one of the Disney on Broadway shows by selling their, uh, selling like the, the merch shop stuff um, for Aladdin. And it was an absolute yeah. blast. If you haven't seen Aladdin, it is a phenomenal show. Uh, and honestly, the show should be called Genie <laughs> because if I give that show an eight out of 10, Seven of that is the genie mm. by himself. He is stellar, like absolutely killer. The touring genie's name is Marcus. I got an opportunity to meet him and talk with him. Super nice guy. Oh, cool. But he's a big dude. I mean, this dude probably clocks in. He's like six, two maybe, and probably clocks in at like 320, 340 pounds. Like he's a big dude and he is super active on stage. Like, so if you think about the original, um, the original, Aladdin and a song like um, Never Had a Friend Like Me, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. classic, classic Aladdin. Great song. Yeah, it's a great song, quintessential Disney, whatever. Uh, I think the song maybe lasts like four minutes in the original film. The the onstage version is over eight minutes, almost eight and a half minutes long, including all these additional things where stuff is happening live on stage, full costume changes, full ensemble all these interactive pieces. There's a, a, a moment where he sings classic Disney songs mixed in with it. He, he becomes a game oh, show cute. host at one point. They do a Dancing with the Stars kind of parody in the middle of it. And and they do magic tricks. There's actual like onstage magic tricks that the genie is performing with his assistants on stage all while this song is happening. And no wonder he, the, the original actor for this part, got all this recognition when the show first came out because it is absolutely amazing. I spent a lot of my time doing that this week and not being able to get Aladdin songs out of my head. (laughs) And then the other thing that I did instead of the Super Bowl, um, we decided to go out on like a progressive date. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but it's uh, you literally do. uh, Oh, sorry. Will a date is when you and a significant (laughs) other. (laughs) But do you go and protest something? Is that what this progressive date is? Yeah, it's it's very progressive. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, it's very politically progressive. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah. So first off, we we did this we did this thing where we went to this place called Hopscotch, and Hopscotch is mm-hmm. kind of like a scaled down version of Meow Wolf in mm-hmm. San Antonio. In downtown San Antonio, is this uh, like permanent like interactive art gallery uh, with international and local artists coming together to create this exhibit. It's a two story exhibit um, with uh, I think there's like twelve to fifteen different interactive activities to go through it takes about an hour to an hour and a half to do this thing and i can't even super describe it it's very psychedelic very funky very fun very cool you kind of just have to look it up i'll put a link to it in the show notes Um, but one of the the Mm -hmm. way that you start the thing off is in this massive led ball pit 
you go take your shoes off and you, it, all these balls are just like these pearlescent white balls. And then the whole flooring underneath it is an LED screen and the lights are the lights are do these different patterns and do these different shows. And you're laying in the middle of these it's maybe almost three foot deep ball pit as an adult with all these colors changing around. just super funky, super fun. It sounds like a great place to do drugs. You posted some on your stories, <laughs> right? I did not post any on my stories. Okay, then maybe I was maybe I had another friend who went to. It does Meow sound Wolf. a lot like Meow Wolf. Yeah. I've been to Meow Wolf before, and it sounds a lot like this. But it's really cool. Like, like that was that was great. So the progressive date started there, and then we did paper rock scissors for appetizer, and then we did it again for entree, and then we did it again for dessert. And so whoever won the the paper rock scissors got to choose where we went and what we got. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it was just a fun way to to do a date. So we progressively went around to these different places for the evening and had different parts of our meal at different places. It was fun. What does this being progressive mean? Progressive. It keeps you moving. Progress from one. Yeah. So a multi-part just sounds so like yes. a, a full day. Yeah. <laughs> Very <laughs> official. <laughs> yeah. So is, is dinner in a movie, a progressive date? <laughs> yes. Kind of. Yeah. But maybe what I should have said was it was a date with a progressive dinner. How about that? Ooh. Yeah, I think yeah. that's actually that's, that's the, more accurate because you ate at all the different places. That's really how yes. many rock paper scissors did you win? I won one. Nice. However, it was what she was going to say anyway, so I don't know if that counts. And then oh. she won the other two. <laughs> so <laughs> when we got home, you didn't win the one that mattered. Yes, yes, yes. When when we were done with all of that, she said, "Like I said, okay, you, do you want to watch something?" Um, and she's like, sure, but I'll let you pick because <laughs> you, <didn't, laughs> you didn't get to pick anything for the re- for the rest of the evening. So that was very fun. Anyway, <laughs> it was it was super cool. Go check out Hopscotch if you're in San Antonio. Like Lauren, next time you come, we'll go. Like I need to take you, cool. Will, when you come. Yeah. Like we'll go. Sounds um, cool. It, it's a really rad. There's a lot of other cool art installations. I have pictures and stuff. I don't want to show you all of them because I don't want to give it all away. But there is some really cool stuff, and it's all done with the idea of of interactivity. And you being immersed in the art experience, and it's it's very cool. There's very, a Mia Wolf in Denver, and I keep meaning to like go and spend a weekend there because it's so much fun. I'm going to be going to to Vegas this year to do the Meow mm-hmm. Wolf in Vegas, in Area 31, I think they call it. Yeah, I'm going like to be that. doing. I'm, I want to do the one in Vegas, and I want to do the one in uh, Colorado. They're building one in Houston and in Dallas, I believe. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to open until like 2024 at least. So like you got plenty of time to go to the other ones. I've been to the one in Denver and then I forget where the third one is now. Like they're, I think it's New York maybe. Was the first one in Albuquerque? It might be Albuquerque. There might be one in Albuquerque. There's definitely one in Albuquerque. I think it was the first one. Here we go. Santa Fe, Denver, and Las Vegas. Santa Fe. That's yeah. So yeah, so that was my week. Uh, A bunch of other cool stuff that happened, none of which was the Super Bowl. I also, too, will feel like I'm in a bit of a creative slump. I've been doing a lot of work recently, and my work is supposed to be creative, like theoretically, like I'm sitting and I'm talking with creative people, and I'm talking to marketers, and I'm doing all these things, but I don't feel like inspired to create anything on my own. And so I'm feeling a little bit of that like, push and pull of like, I'm, I'm in this creative world all the time. I'm talking with creative people all the time. And what the heck am I doing for myself? Hopefully this is not too much of a peek behind the curtain, but I see how much you post on LinkedIn and I'm exhausted for you. Every time I'm like, holy crap, man. Like he's really hustling out here. And then I get off LinkedIn. <laughs> it is a hustle. Well, you also just said, like it pointed out that you have three jobs right now. So that's like really hard to then like when you are done with all three to want to like, keep 
going with more work. Yeah. Not that yeah. like drawing is always work, but like it can sometimes feel like that. Well, or like when I finish my day, I'm finishing yeah. my days now at like 11, 1130 mm-hmm. at night. And all I want to do is go watch the Big Bang Theory. By the way, I hit, <laughs> episode, I hit season eight, episode 21, which is what someone from last it. week told me. Yes, is my show. yes. That's the episode I'm on right now. And in the first five seconds of the episode, I saw Leonard wearing my shirt and I had to turn it off for the night. Yeah. So I'm not, I haven't got to like see it, see it and celebrate it yet, but I'm there. I made it. It took eight seasons, almost nine, but I, I made it. <laughs> How to, many are there total? I think there's 12 seasons in the show. Okay. Are you going to okay. keep watching? Absolutely. I'm going to keep watching. I, I was I like, actually, Andrew is a completionist. There's no way in hell that he would get to eight seasons and not finish. She's not wrong. But on top of that, I actually really like the show now. Like I'm, I've, I've bought wow. into it. I, I'm bought into the premise. And once you buy into the premise, like that's kind of half is of the deal, like right? Is it like Stockholm Syndrome? Do we need <laughs> to help you? <laughs> Maybe, like, but it's, 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 uh, what's the best way to say this? Um, I've been abused for three weeks. I can't get out. Help. It may, it may be Stockholm syndrome, but it's not nearly as bad as some of the other things that I've watched before and I've sat through. So, <laughs> and here's what, here's the thing. Here's the real thing. Right. And we're not going to spend another hour talking about big bang theory, but I could at this point. <laughs> You've put a lot of time. Sheldon's into it. character grows. I find myself crying at episodes when Sheldon, you see like these moments of, of, of Sheldon growing because otherwise he's just this totally socially inept and <laughs> I got to post this for those who are just <laughs> listening really to the yeah. show. Uh, Kate posted uh, blink twice, Andrew, if you need help. <laughs> um, but there, there's these moments where he's just this or in the, the beginning of the show, he's just this emotionless robot of a person and he doesn't know how to socialize with people. He doesn't know how to, be around people and you start to see that that change as he develops these relationships with people and everything and and it's pretty moving like it's it actually it's actually really um i want to say encouraging right not that not that mm-hmm. i feel like i'm socially inept um and everyone can just shut up but not that i'm socially <laughs> inept or that i'm like an emotionless robot but i do relate to to some of uh, of sheldon and, and so to see the growth in him is like oh yeah that's true we are all people who who have the ability to grow and change and, and get better and be better. And so, you know, maybe I'm putting more into the show than, than they intended, but uh, it's it's actually, I'm, I'm actually really into it. So anyway, I'm excited to see my shirt. Uh, when we're done here tonight, that's probably <laughs> what I'll go do. But that's what I do at the end of every night. All of that to say, I don't take that time. I don't take that next hour, my only hour of free time and draw. And I should be. Well, I think it's just, it's a question about energy. Yeah. Right. Like creativity takes energy and you're out. Like you're tapped. Mm-hmm. I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm tapped. And so, anyway. And you're so that, delirious that you're loving the Big Bang Theory. Is this, <laughs> <laughs> is this, I'm realizing now, is this an intervention? Is that, I'm, is uh, that I'm a little Maybe. worried about you. I wasn't. Yeah. I was like, working three jobs is totally normal. Then you're like, I watched the Big Bang Theory and I like it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm, cry- I'm crying during the Big Bang Theory. Uh, yeah. That is true. You know, you're emotionally spent. Um, oh. All right, we're gonna get out of this. Uh, get out of this around the table. It's time to talk about something more fun and uplifting. Uh, up next, <laughs> we're gonna talk about our master categories. Every week, we talk about the dice we rolled the week before. Those dice give us our categories, and we pick our topics based on those categories. If this is your first time listening, first of all, hi. Uh, nice to nice to see you. Uh, but second of all, that's how the game works. And we do this game every single week. And we always tend to learn one or two things. And um, we've been doing this for the better part of eight years. 
And I've learned about so much stuff over those eight years. I wish I was keeping like a journal of all the things that I learned from this show. Oh, that would have been great. I would have filled up a barren fig easily. I would have filled up a confidant <laughs> of all the things that I've learned on this show. But just like the with the Around the Table, Will, you are our guest, so I'm going to let you go first. Perfect. Um, so I have present TV. I guess Patrick rolled that. And I got a little worried about that because I just watch past TV a lot. My main focus is just like re-watching shows every year. But this year... Do you, do you watch the same shows every year? Yeah, like every fall I watch Gilmore Girls. Uh, so this is That's, this was the story. For I was, real? That's really interesting. You're, yeah. giving me, you're giving me garbage about <laughs> Big Bang Theory and you... Gilmore and Girls you, is authentically great. Have, you regularly re-watch Gilmore Girls Love and you're Gilmore giving Girls. me trash. Really? <laughs> I have a, a quick question because you just mentioned this and I was thinking about this the other day. So you said in every fall you watch Gilmore Girls. Do you have like other TV shows and Andrew for you as well like that you watch like seasonally like when it's this type of weather or this time of year I always want to watch like this type of show or this like kind of thing because like every time it's like winter time I want to watch like a true detective type of show. I don't know why. So I do Hogwarts then I move to Lord of the Rings and then I watch the Harry Potters and like that's my fall to winter Every fall to winter. Yeah. You do Hogwarts and then you do Harry Potter? No, did I say that? I meant Lord of the Rings, then Harry Potter. <laughs> did I say Hogwarts? You oh, said- you did. Yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah. But I, I assumed you meant the game. What is Patrick? Hogwarts? So like, yeah, yeah. Cut this out. Make me sound smarter. <laughs> I do uh, Gilmore Girls. I do Lord of the Rings. And then I do Harry Potter. Okay. All right. <laughs> so I watched those. And then I was looking for things to watch. And then I started rewatching Community. It's a show I don't really rewatch a ton. I think I've only watched it twice. And... That show, even with them cutting out a whole bunch of episodes for kind of PC reasons, is really great. So what today I'm going to talk about are three shows all based around education. Yeah. I'm a professor, so I I get a kick out of some of these. So the first one, obviously, Community. It's what got me back into watching these things. I'm assuming everyone on the call or the video stream has watched Community. I haven't finished it, though. I didn't watch it. It's like one of those few shows that uh, the cast changes the last few episodes, but I think they really do keep at like the core of what made the show. I know you guys talked about Leonard Kenny last week and the idea of like repetitive jokes came up. If you hate mm-hmm. the idea of like a repetitive joke being, I don't know, eight or nine seasons long, then you probably won't like community. It's a lot <laughs> of like the same jokes, the winks to like past seasons. But um, it's a show that builds on itself, which is good. I like shows that are like that. And it's Joel McHale. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't like him? It actually has a lot of really good people in that show. Like Donald Glover's in that show. Uh, Chevy Chase. Allison Brie. Yeah, she's really good. And Dan Harmon, who's like Rick and Morty famous, wrote the show as well. I so. love Chevy Chase. And then I heard about how terrible he was on set. and I, I, mm-hmm. It broke my heart a little bit. But yeah, Community, really cool. Uh, what I would say is it is a show set at a college, but not about college if that makes sense. Like they're they're using Mm -hmm. college as a vehicle, but it's not really about that. The next show I'm going to talk about is on Netflix. So you can watch Community on Netflix, I believe, right now. The next one you can watch on Netflix is called The Chair. I don't know if you guys have Uh, seen The Chair yet. It got canceled after the first season. So you have six episodes that are 30 minutes long. So if you have a three-hour block, I would just sit down and watch all of it. It uh, stars Sandra Oh who I okay. adore. Uh, I was introduced to Sandra Oh because of the show Killing Eve, which is like one of my favorites. Yes. Found out she was on Grey's Anatomy today while looking this up. What? Uh, <laughs> never <laughs> seen the show. Fl- 
That's surprising. <laughs> G- given you, given your absolute love of Gilmore Girls, I assumed that you'd be all over Grey's Anatomy. Well, Killing Eve is a much cooler role, so like Eve, for her. She's like so memorable. Like yeah. it's just the two of them, really. Like most of the show, so she's great. Yeah. But where Community is like based at a college, but not about it, I would say the chair is like one hundred percent about working out of college. You've got a lot of interesting topics like being canceled for like saying bad jokes as a professor. You have like the pressures of being a minority working in a, po- a position of power. Uh, Sandra Oh is the chair. So you have a female Asian chair running the department and kind of like the burden that comes on that. You also have a bunch of people who are aging out of their positions and being forced out because they're not... Um, intact enough with like their current student body to like fill their classes i think i've seen the first or second episode of this i would say it's funny not fun where community is like just fun yeah so if you want a fun time this is like not the show but there's a lot of like really great characters to kind of get attached to and then find out netflix just canceled it uh (laughs) that's the danger with falling in love with anything on netflix like (laughs) well and sandra i heard her she was i believe she was on mark maron's podcast and she i read some quotes from her today that she thinks like this is one of the really important show that she made like she's super excited about it and all she talks about is how disappointed she is that they like built all these characters and talked about all these hard subjects through a lens of education and then just like killed it off just dropped uh, it. Yeah. Duchovny, uh, is it David Duchovny? Uh, yeah, from David X-Files. Duchovny. He's got a, a couple kind of guest spots in the last couple episodes where he comes in as like a guest lecturer and like they're all angry because he's a star. But he plays <laughs> he plays the best douchey. Is he playing version. himself? No, it's like over the top douchebag. Oh, okay. I would hope. Yeah. I mean, maybe it is. I've yeah. never met him. No, no, no. The way you said like he's a like he's a star. So I didn't know if like he was in the show. Yeah, so he's, you know what I he's meant? playing David Duchovny. Oh, like a movie star. He plays himself. Oh, but like it's an exaggerated. Person. I hope so. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I assume he, like he's not like totally well, just wacko. like uh, what was that show with with Matt LeBlanc where he playing himself, but much later in life. And he has like um, I'll try and look it up while a, you're talking. An elevated version, of, not uh, like a, an exaggerated version of himself, because he plays himself kind of douchey. Like he's in on the own, he's in on his own joke, essentially. I'm not familiar with that show at all, but in this one, it's a, episodes. It's episodes. a little weird. Yeah, because you you kind of get pulled into the show, like you're full buying into these characters. All of a sudden, David Duchovny gets dropped in. And it's just like a little bit, like kind of pulls you out for a second. But super cool show if you want to see like. Uh, a lot of cool interpersonal issues, but also like a lot of issues around education and kind of like the things that schools struggle with. Mm-hmm. The sh- third and final show I'm going to bring up is Abbott Elementary. Yeah, uh, I got I got present TV. Yes. Uh, you guys are the ones who talked about it and got me to watch it, and my brother was like, yes. "You really need to watch this show." It's so funny. I've never watched a show that I love and I hate literally every single character. I mean, they all drive <laughs> me. you hate them? They all drive me yeah. crazy. I can't uh, stand any of them. You don't like anyone. None of them. I think I've watched <laughs> seven or eight episodes now per the, per the discussion inside of here. And I feel the same way. I don't root for any of the characters. No. I especially don't root for the principal. She is the worst. She's so funny, though. So, like, I just think, like, they're all, like, caricatures. Like, she's literally playing, like, a real housewife if they were a principal of the school. And it's so, like, I think she's hilarious. Like, I don't like her. Like, if you were like, do you want to hang out with Ava? The answer is no. But do I like watching her on the show when it's an episode about her? Do I get kind of excited? Yes. I did catch up because I guess it's playing live on TV now. 
The latest season is airing now. Like they just did a Valentine's Day episode and I'm sure they will have a Super Bowl episode because it takes place in Philadelphia. So I watched the Valentine episode and this was the first one where like Ava almost seemed human. But really, like all the characters, usually I really latch on to like the spunky Italian. I think she's Italian, like the redhead. Oh, I oh, love yeah. her. Mrs. Even Cimenti. she drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah, she's so funny. And that character's like built ah. for me. <laughs> and she, br- she brings in the, the guy who, who was on she's the She's the one line. I would hang out with. Like yeah. the union, the union guy who who brings in the yes. strike line, who who uh, gets things done. They get the this truck of um, carpets for all the, the yeah. teachers, and they said, "Thank you so much." I said, "I don't know what you're talking about. I wasn't even here." <laughs> like, yeah. like that's it's good. That's good. But yeah, like uh, an unpopular opinion, I I can't stand the office because the characters really annoy me. Almost right, well, often. Will, it was good to see you, and uh, we'll we'll and hang out with you next time. We know this because we did uh, trivia, and I think I got three answers right. It was really nice having Will on the show, everybody. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully he gets uh, he gets better because he's clearly ailing from something. So rude. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this show, I forgot. I forgot you had admin access. I <laughs> uh, did. You bring me back. Thank you. Oh, I thought you did it to yourself. <laughs> I can't bring myself back. Okay. All right. But yeah, I don't know what it is about the show that I really enjoy it. And uh, my brother's wife, she's a grade school teacher i think first grade so i was asking her like how much does this actually reflect real life and she was like it's obviously exaggerated but like all of the core issues they're talking about are real issues that you're facing in in these grade schools public and private yeah um Mm -hmm. so it seems like where community is nothing about school all about fun the chair is all about school and kind of those problems this seems like a nice mixture of both where it's obviously fun and over the top but they are still talking about like real issues happening in education yes highly recommend all three which one did you like best will I think the chair, because at least I have the most connection to that. Yeah, that was kind of my second. But if question. I had to, yeah. like, if I was to tell someone to go watch something, it'd be Community, I think. I think it's, mm-hmm. it had a really, the first time I tried to watch Community, I stopped like episodes four, because I thought it That's was, what happened to me. I thought it was terrible. But if you get to episode like six or seven, they find a rhythm. I don't know what happened in the writing room, but like that show really comes together in the second half or, you know, middle of that season. Troy and Abed in the morning. That's what happens. They they really lean into those character that that character relationship. I think. Yeah, I mean, and I you guys were talking about like character growth in the Big Bang Theory, and I feel the same way about this. Like Abed has so much character growth of like not just being the TV guy, but trying to figure out like how do I participate in this world and how do I engage other people? Right? Yeah, because he want he wants to be a part of it. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, it's it's nice. It's also so tough in like sitcoms because like you can't have the people change too much usually because then like they won't have like enough problems, you know, to like make a story be interesting. So like it's always awesome when they can like work that in in the right way. There was an argument for, and I know you said you don't like The Office, but there was an argument that was made early on when they first brought Pam and Jim together that that was going to ruin things. And they did a what I think is a unique job of pivoting those characters and making Pam become more like Jim and Jim become more like Pam as they go together. So there still is character development and there still is tension and there still is all this stuff. They didn't just solve the tension and then you're just living in that resolution. Mm -hmm. They create new tension with that. Not every show does that, which is why, for the most part, sitcoms tend to keep characters in the same situations that they're in. Or they'll put them in a new situation for a few for a few episodes and then pull the rug out from underneath them because they realize that 
the reason why people like that character in the, to begin with is now something that doesn't exist for that character's life. They handled an issue that I think a lot of shows happen where like the show got bigger and bigger and the stars got bigger and bigger. And you start losing actors. Yeah. So losing mm-hmm. Glover, they handled that in a really creative way of like, how does that impact Abed, like their friendship? So you had like four or five episodes. It wasn't just like an actor disappeared. Like you had like a buildup and like a, a character development through it. So I don't mm-hmm. know. The chair out of the three is my favorite, but I think community was, is a really great experience for anyone who wants just a fun show. Yeah. And Abbott Elementary being from a family who, who is in the public school system, right? Like my ex-wife was a mm-hmm. public school teacher, is a public school teacher. I can absolutely relate to the, the conversations that are happening in that show. And so maybe part of it is not fun for me because I know it's so true. And they're making sure. jokes out of it, right? To and I mm-hmm. get that that you can be laughing, you know, like the clowns cry through the or they laugh through their tears, <laughs> right? Like that kind of thing. But some mm-hmm. of it hits a little close to home, maybe for the same reason why the chair hits you a little bit sure. closer to home. Yeah. So that makes sense. And like I have moments in the office that I feel are like, oh, I don't think this joke is funny because like I've this is like I had a boss like that or something like and it's just like it's not funny when it's like stuffed up in your face every day. (laughs) I sent it to Lauren last time. So maybe I'll send it to Andrew this time. Okay, I'm going to do show and tell. Um, This week, like I said, I spent my time at the Majestic Theater this week. um, I have past art. And so with past art, I decided to talk about the art of how beautiful this building was um, created through architecture. (laughs) (laughs) there may have been a slight mix-up of categories but we'll never know there's no way to know for sure however we'll know (laughs) let me show you uh what is an absolutely beautiful building so actually i'm going to give you a little bit of history and then i'm going to show you a couple of pictures of it um so the majestic theater is in downtown san antonio it's it's attached to the empire theater empire theater is a smaller version of it um um, but they're in the same complex just around the backside. But the Majestic is where all of the Broadway touring shows come through and do their residency when they come into town. Uh, And so the Majestic is San Antonio's oldest and largest um, atmospheric theater. The theater seats um, just shy of 2,300 people. And it was designed by uh, a guy named John Eberson or Eberson. I'm not sure how he pronounced it. But he um, was a guy who was best known for developing um, movie palace theaters all across mm-hmm. uh, the at least the country, if not the world. So he got the nickname of Opera House John. Such a like easy mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> Opera House John is credited with building over 500 theaters in his lifetime. And if you imagine, like these aren't black box movie theaters. They are designed theaters. They're, opera houses are, are intentionally ornate and highly designed and highly... Uh, like the details of that stuff. It's not intended to be, they are meant to be a show in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. Would the Chinese theater in Hollywood be considered that? Or is that a different thing? I've never been in it. So I don't, I don't know what it looks like on the inside. Okay. So this, so that, that would be the, the difference, right? The interior if, of like an, of an operatic, uh, a classic operatic theater would be ornate in, in yeah. nature, right? Yeah. Depending on the style that they're going with. Oftentimes there's a lot of, of Greek or Italian or filigree type things happening. And you'll see with mm-hmm. the Majestic, it has all of that in, in, in spades. But this theater was built back in 1929. 
And it is absolutely phenomenal. The first time I went and saw a show here was shortly after I moved to San Antonio. And the theater is is beautiful. And, and I and immediately fell in love with it. Found out um, on this on this run when I was at Aladdin, and I don't know, it didn't surprise me, but I found out that it officially became a, um, a historic, it's registered in the National Historic um, Registry as uh, in one of the historic places, um, designated a Texas historic landmark in, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. In 1975, the theater was listed on the registry and was designated a Texas historic landmark in uh, 1991 and a national historic landmark in 1993. So this is an official national historic landmark uh, 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 with the with the likes of uh, lots of incredible places that you would have known or heard about in in your life. And this thing for us, and it's the 30th year anniversary of their of their residency or of their uh, historic status. Historic status. I should go get them a birthday cake. But uh, <laughs> and since they're 30, it should be made like the theater. <laughs> <laughs> Since they're 30, it'll just say, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> just, trust, trust me. So it's home to the San Antonio Symphony uh, until t- uh, 2014 and remained the largest theater in Texas and second largest movie theater uh, in the United States for a long time. But it is an absolutely beautiful facility. And other than how you how it looks, it's intended to look like it's an exterior, but it's inside and it, because it's in Texas, it is air conditioned. So I'm going to show you some um, some pictures of this place because it is absolutely beautiful. So this is uh, the the ground floor. You're sitting and you're looking at the stage here, obviously, um, with the slanted seats, the traditional slanted seats. You you won't you can't tell that from this photo. But the sky is painted to look like a sky, and what you can't tell from this picture are um, the fiber optic lights that are inside of it to look like stars. And they also do different lighting to make it look like it's daytime or nighttime, oh, depending on cool. what's going on. Um, and obviously very ornate. Love the, the whole like uh, side stage things like they're so crazy. Well, let me show you that. Like, let me show you a couple uh, of other shots of this. Oh, wow. This looks like a fairy tale town almost it like really it looks so crazy. Yeah, it really it really does. So this is the balcony. And you're seeing uh, a few more of the details of what's happening here. Very ornate. Um, if you're if you're just listening, what you're missing is mm-hmm. this. Everything is stone. Everything is carved. You're seeing lots of um, uh, decorative carved work out of stone. And yeah. uh, then this sky. It's a it's a dome shape. And it's it's painted to look like the sky. It really looks like Prague or something. Like it looks. Yeah. A little like you just like took a snippet from like a skyline of like an old city and like stuck it on this stage. It's really cool. Do you see this right here um, in the in this box seat area? That like fan type thing? Yes, that is a pure white peacock. Peacock. Yes. I'd be interested in like what region they're trying to replicate style wise. Like you said, Prague, and I get some sort of European baby. Yes. It's super cool, yeah. but. I'm having a hard time putting a thumb down on it. But there's also kind of like maybe kind of Russia-ish. With I like get for sure Russia. I don't know. I, yeah. It might intentionally be um, ambiguous, a mixture, right? Yeah. yeah. Like they might want it to be like just kind of like that that one TV See, show that takes place in the in the past, but they never want to nail down the actual mm. the, the actual time. decade. Yeah, yeah. In. Like I can imagine like seeing plays here and it definitely like would work really well to like extend the story, you know, sort of. This is the lobby. Um, oh. And this is the upstairs in the lobby. It doesn't always have so the Christmas pretty. decorations, obviously. But this is the ceiling <laughs> in the lobby. 
<laughs> like that's really cool. Uh, it, it is. It is. And this was made at a time when there were no like laser carters or whatever that did this. Yeah. This is like made by hand. What they may have done with these because of the timing of it, um, based uh, that it was in 1929, they may have done plaster casting for these, mm-hmm. but these are definitely heavy duty things. Like I've seen areas where they've had to be retouched and it's not, it's not like going and replacing it. Like you're having to go in and hand touch all of this stuff yeah. up and re-carve mm-hmm. some of these things if there's, if there's an issue with it. Here is a shot of the lobby from the top, um, and you're looking down this this grand staircase that gets you up there, and then it wraps around, and then there are these like little. Bo- I wish I could have pictures to um, show you. There's the, these little um, VIP box areas where you can sit and mingle in these lounges before you move into the actual theater, like to the actual oh, seats, cool. and they're all roped off, and they're they can seat like five or six people, and like you're a high roller if you're sitting over in these areas. Were you working in this room? So I'll, I'll tell you about where I work here in just a second. I'm going to oh, show sorry. you this. You were asking about some of like the like the walls. This is what some of that mm-hmm. looks like up close. So when you're down on the floor, this is what those sides look like. It is all heavily detailed stucco work with carved mm-hmm. stone and painted to have these um, really beautiful details um, come out with all of these statues. And they're all over this building. It's incredible. So to, to answer your question about where I was, what's unique about this is that the theater is all open. You're essentially taking this photo from the lobby. Oh, interesting. It's all open. So underneath oh, wow. that, um, it's all open. And so when you're in the lobby, just right here, this is the back row of the auditorium. And so it's all open, which means that um, anything you're going to sell, anything you're going to do at all has to be done in that same space. It's one shared space. And so that's what's so unique about this. We, we sell right here. If you can see, you can't see what I'm showing you on, um, if you're just listening, obviously, but right at the back side of the, the lobby, mm-hmm. just behind the last row of seats is where the booth is set up. And it's all facing the other direction, obviously. But because of that, you can only sell until the show starts. And we have to stop selling a couple of minutes before the show starts. We can sell during during intermission, and then we can sell again after the show is over. But it, there is a hard stop because obviously the show has to go on. But because of that, it is a really cool opportunity to to work there because when you're not selling, you can sit and watch the show, which is why oh, that's cool. last that's year nice. I was able to watch The Lion King almost 20 times uh, over the mm-hmm. course of my three-week run, and which is why this past week I was able to watch Aladdin three different times. And, and essentially you're being paid to sit and watch these beautifully trained actors do this stuff. So I would absolutely suggest if you live in this area, try to work with um, the theater while you work with the company that's coming in. So if it's a Disney show, let me know. I'll, I'll connect you with the right people, but work with the theater uh, to be, to be able to, to do something here because you get an opportunity to see the show while you're doing that thing. And it's absolutely unique and it's absolutely wonderful. So all that said, this is the majestic and one final look at how beautiful this thing looks um, from the ground floor. Andrew, there it is. that was a really great share. It's yeah. a really good example yes. why people should be joining us on YouTube or Twitch live every Monday. Absolutely. Because <laughs> if you aren't, you're, you're just hearing all of what we're saying and you're not getting to see all these pretty, pretty pictures. Um, I mean, but you did pick, you painted a very beautiful picture with words. 
Thank you. I did yeah. my absolute best. And that's all the creativity I have energy for, as we talked about <laughs> earlier. Uh, <laughs> painting word pictures with my mouth. That is the extent of it. <laughs> and on that note, I'm going to hand it to Lauren to, uh, to round us out for this evening. Awesome. Uh, well, I got architecture and I could talk about anything I wanted. So I stretched this uh, as far as I possibly could to talk about the Lego Rivendell set because it is a tiny building that you are going to build, which in my opinion accounts as architecture. So this is a super cool Lego set. Um, this is actually the first Lord of the Rings Lego set that has been created, really. Like, there aren't any, which really surprised me because, like, when these movies were coming out, it did not surprise me that Lego didn't make stuff for this. Like, it, it's so detailed and crazy. But, like, as Lego has progressed to the state that it is now, and they make so many custom, tiny awesome things like it really like feels like this is the time that they were like ready to do this and it looks really cool and it's honestly the first lego set i've been tempted to buy in a really long time so um as you can see it is insanely detailed it is uh 6,167 pieces. Um, it weighs like 30 pounds, I think, in the box. And it's huge. It's one of the top 10 biggest Lego sets. It's like number seven on that list. And it to me, this is like just incredible. Like they managed to get like the vibe of Rivendell, which is like an extremely like organic you know, like rounded and like natural shape type of place into Lego with it. And it like really looks like it, to, you know, like, like everything from the movie and everything. It is, it's like, to me, very impressive that they took something that like looks so organic and like made it out of little square, tiny pieces, you know, those colors too. Yeah. I, I think the colors are like so pretty and they look cohesive, even though it's like super colorful and like, again, still looks like everything in the movie. They got the little like waterfall in the front. I think like the only thing I would change on the way that it looks to make it look a little more, the like white dome thing. I think that if they added a couple more of those, like going down the side, that would really look like that like entrance mm. bridge and kind of have the shape that you think of when you think of Rivendell. But I understand that there are limitations on like size and like number of pieces and all those things for like how you're actually going to sell this. So I'm sure that's part of the reason why it looks that way and everything. But I, I still think this is like totally incredible. Andrew, do you remember the name of that sword? That sword is... For those, we just did this in uh, cultural osmosis. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yes. that sword is the Sword of Rivendell. I remember. So close. Clearly. So close. Yeah. <laughs> so is that Aragorn sword or is that... Uh... It, it, yes, yes, when it was broken. Oh, uh, Jasper. <laughs> Jasper the sword. Again, so close. So, so close. close. <laughs> hey, I remember, I remember Frodo. I remember Treebeard. I remember lots of stuff. I'm proud you remembered that it was Aragorn sword. Okay. So like we'll we'll take we'll take what we can get. Thank you. When you kind of like look at this closer up, you can see that there's kind of like a bunch of scenes from the movie that they included in here, like um Elrond's little study here. Elrond Hubbard. <laughs> yes, there he is, like even like with the little map and everything, like when he talks to to Gandalf. Here is that scene like where Boromir and Aragorn meet and like they're looking at the shards of Narsil and it has like that mural over here That's and everything, cool. which I'm like impressive you guys they have the council of elrond seat here and everything they have the whole council and like all the members and the like really cool like chairs that look just like the ones they have in the movie fun even. fact about those chairs mm. the arms are hot dogs and the backs are popsicles oh that's oh, brilliant yeah you can totally see that um from watching phenomenal. lots of uh Lego Masters Australia, this is a nice pot usage. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was an Australian accent. I'm not totally sure. It was at least... It was at least Newsleandic. 
uh, which uh, I think is fitting given we're talking about uh, Lord of the Rings. Yes, uh, you've got like Frodo's like recovery room here, Bilbo's like writing room. This is the scene that he goes, ha, ha. <laughs> I, I that. love old yes. Bilbo's hair. Yes, and you can, um, I saw that you can like flip the minifigure out and he has like the mean no face on the way. other side from like when he tries to grab the ring, which is like really clever. The minifigs are insanely detailed. There's a Frodo whose, whose face does that too. They're so detailed. And I love that they have like the Lemblish bread and more food and stuff like in Boromir's like shield. Like they actually have weapons that look like the ones that they have in the movie and stuff. Like I can't believe how detailed this is. My brother and I literally like painted Legos to look like Lord of the Rings characters. So like the fact that this exists now kind of just blows my mind in a way. You said that you don't know that you're going to get this. It's just like I don't have anywhere to keep this. Like look how big it is. Like there's a picture of it here on a dresser. It's taken up the entire top of the dresser. But Lauren, of anyone who who should own this it's it's literally you you're the only person who i can imagine actually owning this and patrick will actually end up owning it yeah here's how big this is like it's this huge one thing patrick does talk about a lot with these lego things is like how fun is it to build and it looks like there's a lot of tiny pieces with this. There's a lot of like each tree has individual leaves in some cases and like the rooftop, all these little tiles. And putting those things, tiles like, on, you have to get sh- like exactly 45 degree angles. Yes, you do. No, you don't because Patrick will just farm that off to me. That's how he gets away <laughs> with <laughs> not having to do that. But I can see like it's a beautiful result at the end, but I could see it being a tedious build. Yeah. I think that's probably a possibility, but I think that would be for me something that's fun because like I haven't built Legos in a long time, and like well, then you need to get it. Yeah, and like I brought up this last picture too because I think this is actually really cool how you can see that it like breaks apart easily into different pieces, so you can play with it easier. Like this is again something from Lego Masters that I've got onto that like by doing this you make it so you can access all the rooms easily and like actually be able to play with it as like a toy. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like a really clever way to do this, and you can like appreciate even more little details like I can see that there are paintings like in this space in between so it's not not like they neglected this space they like considered that you'll break it apart and see all of these other pieces as well so it's just a really beautiful Lego set they did a similar thing with that question block that I was showing you guys the Mario Mm -hmm. question block Mm -hmm. you can see inside the building if you take the front of the building off and there's like they were really considerate of the the inside details but I just need you to answer this question for me, Lauren. Do I need to Mm -hmm. text Trevor and tell him that you want this for Christmas? (laughs) Well, my birthday's coming up, so yeah. Do I need to text him and tell him that you want this for your birthday? (laughs) It's it's also like this set costs $500. Like, it's hard for me to like justify spending that. Which is why Trevor's going to do it for you for your birthday. Something that I'm going to like put in a closet. We just need a bunch of our listeners to go to notcool.co. I'm assuming that's yeah, and buy some (laughs) pins, some t-shirts, and buy some potatoes. Yeah. Honestly, I want this set of the minifigs more than I want the Lego set in full. Like, if I had just that, I would be happy. Well, you can't do that. So you have to buy the whole set. <laughs> so I'm going to have to buy the whole set just to have these this set of minifigures. Patrick talked about this years years ago on the, on the podcast, about how Lego almost went bankrupt or something to that effect years ago because they diversified too much and they made too many um, one-off pieces right so it became unsustainable at a certain point to manufacture all these pieces that were specific to a thing and Mm -hmm. i think about that every time one of these new sets comes out where they're they're clearly making custom things for it and i think like okay i love this 
but don't overextend yourself so that you have to stop making things. <laughs> like I, there's a there's a balance that I that I struggle with every time I see one of these cool sets now. I also do think it's interesting because like I think this is kind of like what I was saying about like small pins earlier. Like part of the challenge of Lego is that it's made of little squares. So like finding a way to like make these things out of the pre-existing pieces is part of the like fun and the challenge. If you customize it too much to me, it kind of takes a little bit away from the like creativity because it's like, well, I just made the like perfect custom version instead of figuring out how to use what I have here. Because like most people just play with Legos in a pile of whatever they have. And so like you can't custom make something. But that being said, I am very, very glad and grateful for all the things that they did to manufacture that Bowser uh, that I have in there and to mm -hmm. manufacture like so like I, I understand both it's sides just of it. interesting I yeah. like that it is more true to whatever the thing is but I just get nervous because I'm like ah, do we are we are are we destined to repeat ourselves like what's what's the problem here is there a problem and so I just I get nervous when I see these we've that Lord of the Rings one outside of the minifigs I think like almost all those pieces are old pieces just maybe a new color sure. I think that that's one of the like really cool things that I I see a lot like on Lego Master is that like parts usage thing I was joking about, yeah. but it's like taking pieces that are supposed to be one thing and kind of repurposing it to another is like what is like really creative about Legos because they're such simple shapes to begin with. Hot dogs and popsicles are great is a great example of that, right? Like that's, I think that's... Yeah. Think they that's had a, a, a bonsai brilliant. tree too where they use like little mm -hmm. frogs for the, pet, uh, the flowers. Yeah. So they do like, I think it's part of the thing like where I don't even care about it, but then I saw that I was like, oh, that's amazing. Like maybe I want it. <laughs> yeah. It shows the creativity of the the builder to like think out so far outside of the box. Like if this was just another color, think of how you could interpret it. You know, like that's really awesome to me. Yeah, and you see that a lot with the Lego Ideas builds. Did this come out of a Lego Ideas build or was this? So I'm not sure. I'm okay. not sure. What do you guys feel like? There's like some talk around Magic the Gathering because Hasbro has been upping the amount of releases and they're saying it's like watering down the brand. I think Funko Pops ran into that potentially with how yeah. many like Funko Pops. Yeah. Lord, I mean, Lego seems to be putting be putting out these giant sets like monthly almost like we've talked about bowser we talked about hog uh, the hogwarts train we talked about mm -hmm. eiffel the tower was that yeah. the one and we've talked about the 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 ecto one even though they're reusing pieces do you think just release schedule they might be overdoing it maybe but like that yeah like it's really it's yeah hard it's to hard know. to say yeah. hard to know because like it's also like for kids their like attention span is so different and like as as much as like some of these, these are not for kids. I know, no, I know, these are for kids. I, I know, I, but, but I just want to say like some of some of them are. I'm sure people play that with them with their kids, and so like that kind of attention span maybe is a little different in some ways. And like the Star Wars ones that are really big and elaborate, I think maybe still are for kids more so than some of the other, like the Alpha, Eiffel Tower one, for example. I, like, I think the same thing uh, over on our Slack, Patrick or Jedi Robbie's. He's always putting posters like every day. It's like, hey, new post release. I'm like, at a certain point, the market has to be oversaturated with, like, things to buy. And even though everything, I love looking at the Legos, but just seems like at a certain point, you're asking a lot from your audience. Yeah, and I, I never really pull the trigger. And so that's kind of the reason why I'm like, no. I, I want you this, but I don't to. know if I'm really going to buy it. Because, like, where am I going to put this and do it with it? Like, <laughs> My brother said uh, there's a market for selling uh, pre-assembled Legos. So you could buy it, assemble it, and sell oh. it. Oh, really? Interesting. Okay. <laughs> that seems like the only fun part. Like, why would you do that? Like, learning how to mail the Legos without them falling apart seems like torture. You have like, to uh, super glue everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, in that case. <laughs> do people also like puzzles pre-assembled? Like, what's the point? But you know what? I get it. Like, I get it because, like, 
that's the ability that's your the beauty of having a lot of money a lot of money yeah that's exactly <laughs> what i was gonna say i think it's the same thing too of people buying like a pre-assembled mando ship versus buying the model kit right like the, we would i would think the, the model kit would be a blast to assemble and paint but some people just want to go and buy the replica and just, just have it on the be, shelf they just want it to be fun i guess I can't picture that. <laughs> I'm definitely a build it yourself. It would be more fun person. <laughs> um, okay. Is that, is that it, Lauren? That's it for me. Okay. Yeah. Then I think we, we covered all of our bases. So let's roll some dice. Will, do you have any dice? I do. Let me go grab it. Obviously, Will has dice. He's uh, D and I just got D &D a Will. one. So we know what that means. Yep. That means we're picking your stuff and you're going to find out 30 minutes before the record. <laughs> <laughs> I might cry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got got a 15 and a 4. 15, <gasps> and I got a 20. Nice. So I pick whatever I want for me and for you. <laughs> Front page is going to be 15 for, for Patrick. Oh, he'll love that. That was really nice of you. That was really generous. Our guests have been rolling incredibly for, for you guys. Mm -hmm. Maybe I need to go away so someone can roll for me. <laughs> well, you just did the best you could possibly do, so I'm the one who needs help. That's true. <laughs> Is this because I stole Trevor's dice and didn't use my own? That's mm. got to be it. That's, that's got to be it. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. You can find show notes and links to all the stuff we talked about. We talked about a lot of cool stuff uh, in this episode. So head over to mof1.network where you can find all that stuff as well as an archive full of hundreds of episodes, episodes, episodes where we talk to all sorts of people in all the different industries. And uh, we've had so many incredible guests over the years. So hit, hit that archive over on uh, the website and then uh, join the conversation on Slack. Be a part of our incredible community that's happening uh, day in and day out at all hours of the day. Just go to mof1.network slash Slack to get that invite and be a part of that conversation there. And then you can catch us live right here on twitch.tv slash mf1 podcast or youtube.com slash mf1 podcast. Um, but you can follow, subscribe. And if you're subscribing on Twitch, you don't have to pay any money. If, you if you're a prime owner, prime subscriber, whatever you call it, uh, you get a free subscription every month. You just have to re-up it to us and we get that money and we just take it straight from Jeff Bezos. It's super helpful. Uh, and, you know, the rich aren't getting richer. That's what it's all about. And uh, you can go over to subscribe, rate, and review the show anywhere that you find podcasts. If you do um, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, we will give you a shout-out on the show. We'll read it on air, and we will do whatever you ask us to do in that review. If you say, we want you to read this in the voice of Treebeard, then Lauren will do an incredible <laughs> job reenacting. I mean, Andrew has proven that he's really good at it. <laughs> it will add 20 minutes to the episode, but we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to do whatever Don't it takes um, to, uh, to make sure that uh, that we do what, what people ask us to do, to do in those. So head on over and subscribe, yeah. rate, and review. It doesn't take much time, but it helps us out so, so much. Thank you uh, for everyone who has done it. We know there are literally thousands of you who haven't. So please take a few minutes to do that and it would help us out um i think other than that uh you can find me at andrew sale with threes instead of e's on all the different platforms i'm at not cool co everywhere including my website <laughs> i'm at will churn anywhere or just in one spot uh twitter and instagram okay and what's your home address <laughs> It is. Uh, <laughs> uh, it you can is. send all your love mail too. <laughs> all uh, the Valentines go to Will, yeah. please. <laughs> you can find us at M of One Podcast on all the different platforms. Also, if you want to send a little love letter to Patrick, that's where he exists online as well. But for now, we're going to get out of this episode. I'm Andrew. I'm Lauren. I'm Will. 
Peace out. Adios. See you later.